The Denver Planning Request. District recommendations to the mayor and Denver City Council on rezoning request, district design standards, and other land use rules. This meeting of the Denver Planning Board begins now. Good afternoon. I'd like to call to order the November 1st, 2020 meeting of the Denver Planning Board. I am Kate Unquander, the chair. Uh, I'll start with a roll call, running down our planning board uh, members present. Gary um, Coddington? Here. Angel Fowler? Uh, here. Melissa Mejia? Here. Georgia Cohn? And Sarah Kors? Here. And Jordan Block, Fred Glick, and Claude Hartman are excused. And I'm Caitlin Connor. I'm also here. Uh, planning board reserves time at the beginning of every meeting for public comment on any item that does not have a hearing or item on the regular agenda. This is a time to let us know something you think planning board should know about, but planning board is not responding or entering into a dialogue about it because it is not on our publicly noticed agenda. If you are here to give comment on something you would like planning board to know about that is not otherwise on the agenda, please raise your hand and we'll have three minutes. I see no one here in the audience, no one online. All right, great. Um, we don't have any meeting minutes to approve, so I'll move on to um, calling for any disclosures or recusals for today's meeting. Okay, none being listed. Um, with that, we'll move on to the consent agenda. So the following items have been placed on the consent agenda because they meet the criteria in exhibit two of our bylaws. That includes appearing to clearly meet the criteria, having no known significant controversy, and having no members of the public here to testify on the items. There are three items on consent today. Uh, an official map amendment, application 2023I, 00107, rezoning 2040 North Ash Street from USUC to USUC1. Uh, the next item is an official map amendment application 2022I-00086, rezoning 1645 North Grape Street from USUC to USUC1. And the third item is a comprehensive sign plan amendment, CSA 2023-00012, amend. This is for 17700 East 64th Avenue. Um, We'll consider if we need to remove any items from the consent agenda. So I'll look out to the public online or in the room. Is there anyone who would like to pull something off consent? No. And is there any planning board member that would like to pull anything off consent? All right, great. Um, with that, I will uh, request a motion and a second for approval of the consent agenda as each of us has had the opportunity to remove items. I move to approve the consent agenda. Second. Great. Um, all those in favor, I'll do a roll call vote. Mary? Aye. Angel? Aye. Melissa? Aye. Goja? Aye. Sarah? Aye. And I vote aye as well. Great. With that, we are moving on to our regular agenda. Um, I will open the hearing for our first item, which is an official map amendment, application 2023I-00027. This is a rezoning for 1227 to 1271 South Pearl from UMS3 to UMS5. We will start with a staff presentation, then an applicant presentation if there is one, and then move on to public testimony. So with that, Tony, uh, Tony Lechuga is here to uh, present. I should just need to share. Yeah, I need you to enable sharing. Oh, yep. sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's all good. 
You should be good. All right, so good afternoon. My name is Tony Lechuga with Community Planning and Development, and I'll be presenting the private applicant proposed change to the zoning classification uh, at the properties between 1227 and 1271 South Pearl Street. <clears throat> it's just a little uh, agenda for our presentation today. Let's open with the actual request. Uh, so the applicant is requesting to change the zoning classification from Urban Main Street 3 um, with a couple of overlays, UO1 and UO2. Those are the uh, adult use and billboard overlays to uh, Urban Main Street 5. Uh, I'll note that the total rezoning area includes seven individual parcels that contain a variety of one to one and a half story structures that contain some residential and commercial, uh, as well as one parcel that is a surface parking lot. Moving on to <coughs> sorry, location and context here. Um, so this map shows the location of the property in Council District 7. Zooming in a little bit, this map uh, shows the property's location within the Platte Park neighborhood. And then zooming in a little bit more, uh, this map shows the existing zoning in the area. Um, so you can see that the subject property outlined in red is zoned UMS3 uh, with both the UO1 and UO2 overlays that I talked about. Um, the property immediately to the south along Pearl Street and the properties uh, to the east across Pearl Street <coughs> um, are all zoned UMS5. Uh, to the north of the site and south uh, across Louisiana, you'll notice some UMS3 zone districts. Uh, and then there are a range of residential districts, including USUA1 immediately across the alley uh, and UTUC and URH2.5. Uh, but you'll notice the density is clustered around the Louisiana Pearl Station there. Uh, this map shows that the property is within the Washington Park view plane, uh, which restricts property this property to a maximum height of 75 feet. Uh, but the property is also within 175 feet of a protected district. So the proposed zone district would only be allowed to go up to 75 feet anyway. So the maximum height of the proposed district matches the maximum height of the view plane restriction. <clears throat> this slide shows the existing uh, land use in the area. You can see a diversity of land uses along this block of South Pearl. Um, and then you can see the largely residential nature of the surrounding blocks with some single two-unit uh, and multi-unit residential in the area. Um, this slide shows the existing context with an aerial view of the property. We're kind of looking west here. Um, you can see higher intensity five-story zoning closer to I-25, which sort of steps down towards single unit residential a couple of blocks away. Uh, let's turn our attention to process really quickly here. Um, so in terms of process, property owners within 200 feet, all the relevant RNOs and elected officials were notified about this application um, way back on June 5th. Um, and those same groups were notified about this planning board hearing on October 17th. Um, we have tentative hearings uh, at city council uh, up until December 18th. Um, it's worth noting that to date, we've received no public comments from either RNOs or from any of the general public uh, or other stakeholders in the area. And that moves us to the review criteria, which is the bulk of our presentation. So, um, so the 
the Denver Zoning Code has five criteria that we're mandated to analyze to determine if a rezoning is appropriate, and I'll go through all five of those now. So the first criteria is consistency with adopted plans, and you can see for this particular property, we have three plans, two uh, are citywide plans, Comp Plan 2040 and Blueprint Denver, and then we do have one small area plan, which is the Louisiana Pearl Station Area Plan, which was approved back in 2007. <coughs> Um, I won't go through all the comp plan uh, goals, but um, in the staff report, I go through a number of the different goals that this plan helps to, or that this proposal helps to achieve. So we'll go into Blueprint Denver, which is the city's land use plan. So Blueprint Denver identifies um, the future neighborhood context as urban, which is described as varying from multi-unit development all the way down to single unit homes but offering a mix of uses with good street activation and connectivity throughout the area. And the proposed zone district, uh, because they are requesting a U district, aligns with this particular guidance. Blueprint Denver also identifies the future place type as local center, which contains options for dining, entertainment, and shopping. Uh, it's noted for having active frontages and uh, heights generally up to three stories. Pearl Street is a main street collector, which is defined by being highly activated pedestrian corridors. So the proposed main street <coughs> district aligns with this characterization as well. Um, and the final guidance we look at from Blueprint Denver is the growth area strategy. And for this particular location, it's listed uh, as what is called all other areas of the city, where we expect to see 20% of new housing and 10% of new jobs by 2040. Uh, so again, we think that the proposed zone district aligns with this particular characterization. So moving now to the small area plan. Um, the Louisiana Pearl Station Area Plan uh, differs in one important way from other station area plans in that it generally focuses only one quarter mile from the station. Uh, and it does this because this station is a walk-up station, meaning it has no park and ride associated with it. This is really unique to the RTD system. So within that radius, this property is identified as a reinvestment area, which is noted as having some desirable character, but would overall benefit from increased density and reinvestment. And notably within those reinvestment areas, there are two sub areas that are noted as land use concepts. There's the urban neighborhood station areas in red, and there is the urban neighborhood station transition areas in orange. This block is noted as urban neighborhood station, which is defined as variable and dense with heights ranging from one to five stories in height with proper transitions to adjoining residential districts. So I wanna speak more to the protected district standards since the station area plan calls for proper transitions to adjoining residential districts. So the USUA1 district immediately across the alley to the west is a protected district, which means that <clears throat> appropriate ground level and upper story setbacks will be required of the proposed development. While this image is just an example uh, from our zoning code, not a rendering of the site, it does demonstrate how the protected district standards work. So while the station area plan guidance provides a broad recommendation of one to five stories, um, staff believes that on balance, the proposed UMS-5 zone district needs the plan guidance to provide density within the sub-area while assuring transitions to lower-scale residential areas. Staff also finds that the requested zoning meets the next two criteria, 
the rezoning will result in the uniformity of district regulations, and it will further public health, safety, and welfare by implementing plan guidance and by creating a subtle increase in allowed density near transit and other amenities. Staff finds there's a justifying circumstance for this map amendment with implementation of adopted plans. There are also changing conditions in the area with new three and five story buildings near the site being constructed in recent years, um, as well as RTD making recent investments in station upgrades. And then lastly, the proposed zoning is consistent with the neighborhood context, the Main Street Districts, and the UMS-5 Zone District Intent Statement. And so based on the review criteria, staff recommends that Planning Board recommend approval of this map. Happy to answer any questions. Great, thank you so much, Tony. Um, with that, I will turn to the applicant. Is there someone here for an applicant? Great, come on up and introduce yourself, please. <clears throat> Good afternoon. I'm Chris Viscardi. My address is 1509 Street, Denver, Colorado. I'm a principal at the Kentro Group. So we are the applicant and the owner of this property. A little backstory here is we've been assembling in this area since 2005. So we're really committed to not only this corner, but we also own 60% of the other side of the street. So we really feel like this is one of our prominent and best real estate that we have. So we just want to make sure we're doing it right, which is what kind of prompted the rezoning application that you're seeing. So some of the most important pieces that we're hearing from the community and that we wanted to hit was how do we activate the ground floor? And rather than having residential on the ground floor, how do we move that up? And by allowing the rezoning, that basically commits us to allowing commercial on the ground floor and then put the units up without compromising the amount of unit count that we're getting there. Um, the other thing is having two different zonings and heights. Uh, it made the design very challenging from not only constructability, but how does the two buildings kind of stick together. Um, so through this, we went out, met with the neighborhood. We had a public meeting uh, for their neighbors directly affecting us to the west. And then we went to the uh, 3PA, two of those meetings for the, the bigger party of the entire Platte Park area. We're negotiating a good neighbor agreement with both the RNO and the neighbors to the west. I think we're to the final form. We have two statements that we're making that are just clarification points, but I think at that point, we're gonna have an agreement on the good neighbor and mostly related to communication during construction, what happens on the ground floor where no residential units would be allowed. And then the other big one is providing the affordable housing incentive height requirement in the inclusive housing uh, on site. So right now we're committing to a 10%, 60% AMI on, on the site. So with that, I'll keep, Tony did such a great job. I don't need to cover too much more. So I think with the plan support and the positives we're getting here, we really seek your approval and I'm here for questions. Great, thank Thanks. you. Um, with that, uh, I will open it up to public testimony. Uh, any person wishing to speak, um, you can have registered to speak prior to the hearing, um, but also raise your hand here in the room or online. Um, first, I'll go to the room. Anyone else here to speak? And Eric, I haven't gotten my thing oh, up yet. Up. No one online, sorry. I'll pull it up shortly. <laughs> okay, great. Um, with that, we don't have anyone uh, in the room for public testimony, so I will go ahead and open it up to questions for members of the planning board.
Okay, I'm not hearing any questions. Um, so with that, I will go ahead and open board deliberation. Um, any comments from the board? Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, it seems very straightforward. It seems in line with the areas surrounding. Um, it's, it's great that the applicant uh, is being proactive um, in ensuring that uh, this property is up, you know, up to, to uh, zoning code and I, I don't see any issues with it. So I'll, of course, be voting yes. Great. Um, yeah, I mean, I would agree uh, consistency with the adoptive plans, particularly the Louisiana Parole Station Area Plan, seeing it in that reinvestment area, seeing the urban neighborhood station at one to five stories and kind of the surrounding, I think you're right, meets that criteria along with justifying circumstances, consistency with the neighborhood and was great to hear from the applicant that they're working closely with the neighbors on a yeah. good neighbor agreement exactly. around transition and commitments on that first floor. So unless there's other comments from the board, um, or deliberation, I'll go ahead and close the hearing and ask for a motion. I'll make a motion. I move to recommend that City Council approve application 2023-I-00027, rezoning 1227-1271 South Pearl Street from UMS3 to UMS5, finding that the applicable review criteria have been met. Thanks, Kosha. Is there a second? Second. Thanks, Angel. All right, I'll call the vote. Mary? Aye. Angel? Aye. Melissa? Aye. Goja? Aye. Sarah? Aye. And I vote aye as well. Uh, congratulations. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and we will move on to the next item on the regular agenda. Uh, so I will open the hearing for official map amendment application 2023-I-00033, rezoning 4001 and 4021 North Fillmore Street from EUSUP and PUD 140 to UMS3. Um, I think for this one, we have a staff presentation online. So we'll see when we can get that teed up. And um, Rob Hegg is online to present. Yes, I am. Can you hear me okay? We can. All right, great. Um, so um, I'm sharing my screen. Can you see that as well? Yep. Okay, perfect. Um, first, I want to thank the operations team and planning board for the flexibility to be able to present um, uh, remotely today. It was, a, it was a huge help. So um, I'll, I'll jump right in, and, and so I'll be providing an overview of the rezoning requests at 4001 and 4021 North Fillmore Street. Uh, so uh, this slide provides an overview of the request and shows an aerial view of the subject property and the surrounding area. Um, subject property is highlighted here in red. Um, and the request is from um, the existing uh, urban edge single unit zone district. Uh, and PUD 140, which is a former Chapter 59 planned unit development, um, to the proposed uh, urban Main Street three-story zone district. Uh, subject property contains two parcels, uh, one containing a single unit residence and the other being vacant, uh, combined being approximately 10,244 square feet. Uh, the proposed zone district would allow for three stories um, of uh, um, residential or mixed-use development um, up to 45, 45 feet in height uh, with upper story setbacks when adjacent to uh, protected zone districts. Uh, the subject property is located here in Council District 9 and is located within the Illyria Swansea Statistical Neighborhood. Um, this slide shows the zoning of the subject property and surrounding area. 
Um, so north of 40th Avenue, um, uh, the neighborhood is predominantly uh, uh, this urban edge single unit B zone district. Um, and to the south is uh, an industrial zoning. And then again, to the west is this industrial mixed use zoning. Um, the subject property is a combination of that uh, or that ESUB zone district, as well as this PUD uh, that exists on the subject property, as well as the property to the uh, immediately to the west across the alley. Uh, so that PUD um, uh, uh, that exists on the subject property, um, this image on the right shows and, and, and highlights the portion of the subject property that is also within this PUD. Um, this image is is oriented, so north is to the left. Um, but again, you can see the uh, this PUD uh, contains the subject property as well as the property across the alley immediately to the west at North Clayton and East 40th Avenue. Um, this PUD was established in 1964 and only allows for a single contemplated use, which is a neighborhood serving grocery store. Um, any other use here, uh, uh, as as and as as requested, would require a rezoning. Um, uh, this PUD uh, includes uh, this conceptual plan on the right, as well as um, a, a, a full set of development standards uh, written in text uh, that was included as part of the uh, application and, and with the staff report. Um, uh, this plan on the right um, is, is highlighted to be conceptual in nature um, and states that the physical improvements may change and, and might not be uh, um, constructed as represented here uh, unless the specific restrictions that uh, are, are listed in the text. Uh, staff completed an analysis um, and uh, um, along with development services has determined that the the portion of the property that is currently in the PUD that would remain in the PUD uh, would still be developable um, and would be subject to all the regulations um, uh, set forth in this PUD, um, but development would still be, would still be feasible. Uh, so looking at the existing land use on the subject property in the surrounding area, um, again, north of 40th Avenue, this neighborhood is predominantly single unit residential. Um, to the south uh, is a school uh, and uh, with that public quasi-public um, land use. And then um, generally west of Clayton Avenue, there's a shift towards more industrial uses. Uh, this slide shows some of the character of the subject property and surrounding area. So the subject property is shown here in the bottom right hand corner of the screen. Um, you can see the narrow vacant parcels. That's a portion of the planned unit development. Um, uh, closest to that image, and then the blue single unit residence to the um, that's kind of again closest to this where this photo was taken uh, is also part of the subject property. Uh, the photo in the top right is the remainder of the area in the PUD that's immediately adjacent to the subject property across the alley, uh, and then the photo in the bottom left uh, is across Fillmore Street and shows kind of the, the general character uh, of the residential portions of the area. Um, so up until this point, all required uh, notices have been sent and uh, the property has been posted as required. Uh, uh, after the hearing today, the Land Use Transportation and Infrastructure Committee meeting is tentatively scheduled for November 14th, uh, and the City Council public hearing is tentatively scheduled for January 2nd of, of next year. Um, uh, to this point, staff has received no public comment. Uh, so now we'll take a look at the uh, the uh, rezoning review criteria from the Denver Zoning Code. 
the first of which is the consistency with adopted plans. Uh, so there are, there are three adopted plans applicable to the subject property, uh, the first two being citywide plans and the third being the Elyria Swansea and Swansea neighborhood plans, neighborhoods plan, excuse me. Uh, so first, looking at Comprehensive Plan 2040, uh, the proposal is found to be consistent with several goals, strategies, and policies of Comprehensive Plan 2040, uh, specifically that the proposal would allow for a greater mix of housing options and what's predominantly a single unit residential uh, neighborhood. Um, and then additionally, that, the, that this change from this former Chapter 59 PUD um, would allow for a, a greater mix of use and uses um, uh, uh, and, and housing options in the neighborhood. Uh, so looking at Blueprint Denver, Blueprint Denver was adopted as a, um, uh, as a supplement to the Comprehensive Plan 2040 and provides uh, more nuanced growth when making policy and land use decisions. Uh, this uh, Blueprint Denver includes a series of maps, the first of which is shown here being the future neighborhood context map. Uh, the subject property is mapped as urban neighborhood context, which is a divergence from the existing um, urban edge uh, neighborhood context. Um, uh, this is also reflected in the area plan, um, but largely represents the, uh, the existing built form in the area that includes alleys and smaller lots. Um, the urban neighborhood context is just, just more appropriate for, for this area than the, uh, than the urban edge neighborhood context. Um, and again, the, uh, the uh, proposed UMS3 zone district is consistent with this guidance and that it meets this um, neighborhood context description. Um, at this location. Um, second, map in, second map in Blueprint Denver is the uh, future neighborhood, um, excuse me, future place type map. Uh, the subject property is mapped as a local corridor. Um, these areas uh, provide a, a mix of uses, including residential employment, other entertainment and shopping uses. Um, have a, um, uh, a building forms that address the public realm in a distinctly linear linear orientation with heights up to three stories with a limited transition. Um, additionally, the future street type here at 40th Avenue is uh, mixed use arterial. Oh, excuse me, this is a typo. This should say Fillmore Street, uh, which is a local or undesignated uh, street classification. Uh, the proposed UMS3 zone district uh, is consistent with all of these descriptions um, and that it does provide building forms uh, um, that, that do address the public realm in a, in a linear orientation uh, and allow for uh, a, a greater mix of uses as described here with heights up to three stories and um, uh, upper story setbacks to provide for that transition to the adjacent residential areas. Uh, the proposal is also found to be consistent with Blueprint Denver's future growth areas. Uh, subject property is identified as being all other areas of the city, and these areas are described um, or to where we expect to see 10% uh, of new jobs and 20% of new housing by 2040. Um, so in addition to those series of maps, the proposal is also in an area um, uh, uh, subject to our um, uh, equity analysis. Um, where we look at these three uh, major equity concepts uh, from Blueprint Denver um, to assess how a, a rezoning proposal might impact um, uh, these metrics and, uh, and concepts. Um, so we'll, we'll go through each one of these now being improving uh, access to opportunity, uh, vulnerability to displacement and housing and jobs diversity. Um, so the, the area uh, in which the subject property is located um, has an access to opportunity score of 3.3 out of 5, 
um, with higher scores in, in the access to commercial centers and uh, the high capacity transit um, that's, that's located nearby and shown on the map here. Uh, and lower scores in social determinants of health, child morbid morbidity, mortality. Uh, the subject property is located in an area um, with a uh, high vulnerability to displacement um, uh, in all three metrics, so the percentage of population with less than a bachelor's degree, uh, percent of renters, and median household income. Um, subject property is also located in an area um, uh, with a housing diversity score of three out of five, so uh, with with low scores, particularly in ownership uh, versus rental, um, and uh, in not diverse housing costs. Uh, and finally, the proposals uh, and jobs diversity numbers for for this location were there were there not enough jobs in the area uh, to complete the analysis. Um, so moving on from comprehensive plan 2040 in Blueprint Denver, um, subject property is located in within the Elyria and Swansea neighborhoods plan study area. Um, the subject property specifically is located in an area identified as traditional residential area. Um, uh, these areas are uh, predominantly single and two unit um, uh, uh, residential neighborhoods, um, but on the periphery, it's 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 uh, um, identified that there are uh, uh, mixed use areas and commercial areas that support those traditional residential areas within. Um, key kind of policy guidance here from this plan is to reverse the declining population trend within these areas um, and to update the neighborhood context, um, as previously mentioned, and, and kind of mirrored in the blueprint Denver guidance from urban edge to urban. Uh, subject property is located within an area identified as a mixed-use area um, in the Illyria and Swansea neighborhoods plan. Um, these areas are described as um, as having uh, a diversity of, of uh, um, employment opportunities in these mixed-use areas, as well as mid- to high-density housing options, um, and the building forms uh, should activate the street and public spaces. Um, again, similarly to the guidance in the future place type of Blueprint Denver, uh, the UMS3 zone district does support this, uh, this diversity of uses and, uh, and building forms that address the street. Uh, and uh, this map shows the areas of change um, as identified by the Illyria and Swansea neighborhoods plan subject property is within an area defined as an area of change uh, where growth and change should occur in or order to enhance the areas of stability, including those traditional residential areas that this property kind of exists along the periphery of. Um, this area of change is uh, exists along uh, uh, 40th Avenue. Uh, which again is a mixed uh, use uh, arterial future place type, a future street type, excuse me. Uh, and finally, last map from the Elyria and Swansea neighborhoods plan is the um, the building heights map, uh, which identifies the subject property as having a three-story maximum building height. Um, and uh, again, the, the UMS3 zone district that's being proposed uh, would be consistent with that guidance and also has these upper story setbacks um, uh, that would be applicable when adjacent to the um, uh, the remaining E SUB zone districts to the north. Um, in addition to the consistency with uh, adopted plan plans, staff finds that the proposal would be uh, uniform with the district regulations or consistent with the uniformity of district regulations criterion, and that the proposed UMS3 zone district would be uniform with other UMS3 zone districts across the city. 
um, and that the uh, proposal would further public health, safety, and welfare, primarily through the um, implementation of adopted plans um, and the um, ability for the uh, remaining portion of that PUD to, to, uh, uh, to continuing having some development potential and not being rendered uh, um, uh, undevelopable. Uh, the justifying circumstance for the subject property is, is uh, um, their myriad of, of uh, changing circumstances here and the, the, the new nearby transit station, um, as well as uh, um, the existing former Chapter 59 zoning uh, being brought into the former or into the Denver Zoning Code. Um, and finally, the proposal is found to be consistent with the uh, neighborhood context, uh, zone district purpose and intent statements uh, in the Denver Zoning Code. Uh, and therefore, CPD is recommending approval uh, based on finding that all review criteria have been met. Um, and I understand that the applicant, applicant uh, representative is there in the, um, in the meeting room um, and has a, a, a short um, presentation prepared. Great. Thanks very much, Rob. Um, with that, I will turn to an applicant. Hi there. Um, please go ahead and state your name and address. Thanks. Hi, my name is Nick Young. I own Mod Architecture Plus Design. I've been here a couple of times now for different projects and it seems as if we've turned into a firm that's doing rezones for affordable housing projects. So that's kind of what I'm here for this one, it seems. Um, that being said, I think I'll talk to the nuances of what Rob probably just as impervious to just since we've been through the design, we're in our second STP submittal right now. The way the building has move forward in regards to context. Um, I think the that Swansea neighborhood plan context with the strip along 40th um, promoting a three-story building. I think what's important for our building moving forward is how that then responds to the single family home to the north. Uh, we have the required upper story setbacks in this case of 25 feet from the north, which is about 30% of our zone lot depth coming from the north of which we've done no roof decks up there too. I think that can get awkward sometimes with these multi-units coming in. Um, in regards to improvements as well for the community and our communications with the RNOs, we were going to pursue a mixed use building because it seemed like the intent was there when some of these guidelines were written. However, in our communications with the RNOs, they said they need more, like just more affordable housing. Um, mixed use really wasn't in high demand. Um, so we're doing, as of right now, we're presenting an all residential building. Um, these units are one bedroom and studios as of, they were gonna be for sale. I think they're gonna be for rent moving forward. And our equity analysis, it seemed that they were right about in the middle in regards to needing of for sale units versus rental units in this area. Um, and then lastly, I think some other improvements that matter are we'll be doing a new bus stop to the south. Off of it. Great, and I'm Thank happy to answer any questions. Yeah, thank you so very much. Um, with that, I will go ahead and open it up to the public. Um, is there anyone in the room here who would like to testify? All right, great. Um, and I don't see anyone online. Okay. Um, so with that, I'll go ahead and close, or wait, sorry, I'm not gonna close the hearing. I'm gonna open it up to questions from the board. <laughs> Any questions? Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, thank you, Rob, and thank you, Nick. Um, this question, I is probably a little bit for both of you. Um, I assume that this station area plan is not an officially adopted plan, which is why it wasn't in the staff report. 
but I'm just curious how sort of the design of the building is, you know, thinking about the elements in the station area plan and sort of the future vision for 40th Avenue um, with the wider sidewalks and, and those kinds of pieces. I think Rob, you might be able to speak to the adoption more than I can in those nuances. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good question. I think this fell outside of the the radius of the 40th and um, Colorado Station area plan. Um, um, so I I'm I apologize. I can't I can't exactly speak to that. Um, it is in the 40th and Colorado like next step study. Okay. Yeah. The picture of the Larry Sonsfonte study area in the staff report on page 19. It's like right outside the ring. Okay. Yeah, because it there there are some specific callouts um, in that report for the future of 40th on a segment by segment basis, and Clayton to Steel is one of those sections, which is right where the property falls. Mm. Um, I know it's not a super high priority on um, Dottie's infrastructure list, but I believe it's there. Um, I know we're doing right away dedication to the south. We have an eight foot tree lawn a detached walk, which is relatively standard. We have a new bus with the new bus stop. So that sidewalk will be pushed off 40th more mm -hmm. just due to that dedication we're doing on the South. Um, if, if that's where your question was. Yeah, just, just wanting to make sure that like, because those pieces will probably be coming in the next decade. Um, <laughs> just making sure that, that they're components of, of the plan and just thinking about how the development might interface with that space going forward. Okay. Uh, I do know like our intent for the ground floor, they're all accessible units. Uh, that was another comment we got from the neighborhood organizations in regards to elderly in the area. So we're trying, all those first floor units are accessible. Um, and then in regards to, I think the only challenge that we're finding as a design group moving forward with these is it, you find the balance between offering said units so you can keep these price points down for entries and parking. Um, like we have seven parking spaces, but, and sure you can add more, but then you're talking tandem and it gets awkward and they're assigned for the same unit. So I think as a design perspective, that's all my only comment for some of these. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? Um, I had one, I think for you, Rob, and I just may be misunderstanding it. So I know that this, this pro kind of what's, what we're looking at rezoning is made up of both the PUD and the ESUB, but it was unclear to me if this is sort of the remainder of what's left of the PUD and with, if this was to proceed, the PUD would be just gone, or were you saying that there's another portion of a the pro or another property across an alley that is still part of the PUD and would remain under the old PUD. Yes, it's the it's the latter there. It's the there is a portion after this rezoning, if approved, that would remain under the the existing PUD. Okay, and so that's what you were speaking to when you were saying that you guys have looked at it as an analysis, and it's still developable, subject to what that PUD requires. That's correct. Yeah, the, the written standards and the text of that PUD wouldn't create a situation that would then just kind of end up with an undevelopable parcel of land. Um, development's still possible under under those uh, under that yeah for that for that remainder portion. You got it right. And it's uh, 
I just want to make sure I understand where it is. So it's across the alley to the west? That's correct. Okay, cool. All right, thank you. Um, is that anything, I'm just curious more so, is did you speak with them about kind of coming along with this to get rid of the whole PUD and they just weren't interested or had any inter interactions with that property owner? It seemed like a win-win-win for everybody, planning us, them, to have them roped in. Um, yeah, I offered to just include them in here, no charge, nothing. And um, I, I, I guess some people just don't want to change. Decline. Okay. Yeah. I have a, as of right now, there's a glass blowing shop in that space. So it's a non-compliant use anyways, relative to the PUD. If you noticed, I think it was written in 1957. I think it was. Um, so there, there's strong incentives for them to do so. Um, but yeah, we actually delayed this about six months trying to let them make a decision. We had to move forward. Thank you. Um, any other questions from the board? Okay, with that, now I will close the public hearing and open up for our deliberation. Comments? All right. Um, I will just say for the record, I think um, that we do have consistency with the applicable plans, particularly when you look at um, Blueprint Denver, that local corridor designation is compelling to me um, with the heights up to three stories along with 40th, 40th as a mixed use. And I appreciate you calling out the station, Mary. Um, I think it's interesting the neighborhood plan has that residential aspect, but then shows this as mixed use and an area of change with recommended building heights of three. So there's a little bit of inconsistency in the neighborhood plans even themselves. And, and interesting just to hear from the applicant that the neighborhood is not necessarily looking for mixed use here and looking more for residential. Um, but I think the justified circumstances of getting rid of the PUD is also here. So with that, I will be voting yes. Um, and I'll take a motion. I move to recommend that City Council approve application 2023I00033, rezoning 4001 and 4021 North Fillmore Street from ESUB and PUD 140 to UMS 3, finding that the applicable review criteria have been met. Second. Thank you. We have a motion and a second, and I'll do a roll call vote. Mary? Aye. Angel? Aye. Melissa? Aye. Bosha? Aye. Sarah? Aye. And I also vote aye, that has passed. Um, with that, our regular agenda is closed. We don't have any information items today, which is crazy because we just have had so many. Um, is there anything that any other board members or that you would like to raise? No, uh, no announcements this week. I uh, do uh, have one quick clarification, uh, just following up on that last case. Uh, the only adopted area plan affecting this site is the Elyria and Swansea plan. Uh, there is a separate area plan that was adopted for the 38th Lake Station area. There was not one adopted for the 40th and Colorado Station area. It's kind of included in the Elyria and Swansea plan. And this site was just outside of that. So, uh, so I think Fred's not here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, also just wanted to uh, remind uh, board members of next week's uh, luncheon. We're uh, looking forward to, to seeing you all. Uh, as we'll announce next week, we also have a follow-up uh, kind of uh, uh, 
joint meeting uh, with city council scheduled for uh, early next year as well. So hopefully next week's uh, opportunity will be an opportunity to kind of talk about how to hit the ground running uh, with some uh, more regularly scheduled uh, joint meetings. Was there an agenda attached to that luncheon? There, there is, and it's it's very simple. Uh, uh, essentially, intro comments, and then uh, uh, kind of going around the room and, and talking a little bit about how uh, we can work together in the future. And I'd be glad to I'll send the, the board all the board members the copy of that uh, as soon as we're finished here. Okay. And it's going to be in this room. It's actually going to be in the room right next door, four G four. And I think we are planning to go around and do general introductions as well. So, so it's just an hour, so yeah, yeah. that's too much time. Yeah, I think when we had our last work session, I think we realized the short length. So I think it is more around introductions. Yeah. How do we coordinate and communicate? And I think we are reserving a bit of time. You'll see this in the agenda for kind of what are those bigger topics and issues that we don't want to delve into in our meeting, but we do want to kind of throw up so that we could delve into them in our January meeting. Exactly. Um, so I think it'll be more about raising those ideas and even in our prep meeting um, with Council President Torres and Councilwoman Sandoval, there were a number of ideas they were raising that were very consistent with what we hear in our board meetings, which is good. <laughs> nice. Should we keep the hold for the meeting on the 29th? The oh, tentative our... fifth Wednesday? That's a great question. Oh, for December? No, November. No, November. Or November. No, I, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no need to keep that hold. I don't think we have anything to, to bring to that date. But we will, we do have uh, uh, items, uh, action items and info items for both of the December dates this year. Are we planning adaptive reuse info item? Uh, I saw some. I don't know if it was an article or a post, yeah. but it can pique my interest. I there is a program on adaptive reuse that we're working on, and I would be glad to reach out to the team that's doing that and see if they would be able to come to a future meeting and give an info item. I mean, it's not really zoning per se, land use, but I think it's land use and housing related. So. Yeah, and, and it certainly is highlighting, I think, the, the, the kind of first phase of that project is highlighting what are the barriers and okay. obstacles in zoning right. and set something Thank like you. that up at a future meeting. Thank you for that request. Yeah, good suggestion. Okay, awesome. Well, unless there's anything else from the board, we will adjourn. This is like the fastest meeting in uh, a really long time. <laughs> <laughs>
with language to be able to maintain and, 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 and enhance uh, ug ugliness, let's say. And so for me, it's interesting to think about like, uh, you know, I'm very interested in the, the dynamic of like uh, transgendering and the idea of being able to go beyond the language, the words of he, she, he, he, him, she, her. Uh, and, uh, and I fumble myself when I'm trying to engage that literally when I say her or they. But for me, it's, it's a real strong move to understand the binding nature of language where it does and can limit so harshly. And then when somebody is trying to indicate they, them versus he, she, what are they actually trying to escape? And not that it's about just becoming another, the other side of something, but the idea of escape.